right, hello. This is an unusual edition of the MM&M podcast here. My name is Larry Dobrow. I am the senior editor of MM&M, and I'm joined here by my colleague and very good friend, Mark Iskowitz, who's the executive editor of MM&M, who has a very uh, novel story to tell about the experience that we're all been having with uh, coronavirus. Mark, how you doing? I'm great, Larry. Thanks. And uh, it's so great to uh, to hear your voice. And I'm uh, sorry that we're, we don't get to appear in the studio as per usual, but uh, we'll, this will have to suffice. Yeah, <laughs> we should probably explain the, uh, the uh, places from which we're recording. I'm in the one quiet place of my house right now, which ironically enough is my older son's bedroom. Uh, everybody is downstairs. I hear balls being kicked. I hear walls being probably destroyed, but uh, up here it's somewhat silent, so that's good. How about you? I'm actually um, holed up in our man cave, um, a.k.a. the attic, uh, where I kind of have a makeshift um, you know, work area set up um, just a few feet away uh, from the, uh, the family uh, video game console. Oh. So, uh, <laughs> so, you, so um, one, or, one or both uh, of us is going to be under assault at some point here. Yeah, but uh, the, the the small ones are 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 outside. I think with with my wife, so uh, we should have a good uh, half hour of, of uninterrupted time. Here. Okay, well let, let's not uh, let me not waste any more of your time here. Um, you know the you, you've written about the experience that you had um, with your son falling ill and being tested and going through a lot of uh, a lot of uh, very harrowing stuff. You've written about it so beautifully in two columns that have been posted to mmnm.com. I'm Eminem, excuse me, dash online.com. Why don't you, uh, why don't you start the story from the beginning here? Um, where, where did, uh, where did your coronavirus journey, so to speak, begin? <laughs> yeah, that's a good way of describing it. Uh, it has been uh, kind of a journey. Um, so it basically began, uh, last week, uh, when, um, my wife and I, um, got word that a party that my son had attended, uh, which is now two weeks ago, this past Monday, had uh, been um, an extraordinary party in, in that there was somebody there in attendance who had subsequently tested positive for uh, coronavirus, uh, COVID-19. And this uh, memo uh, went on to state that anyone concerned about a possible exposure uh, who did not have, quote-unquote, close contact with the affected individual should monitor for symptoms and contact their, their primary care uh, physician if symptoms developed. So we followed that advice, which which seemed to us to, to make sense. And um, the advice was, was developed along, along with our uh, state's health department, or I think uh, it may have been our city health department. Um, so we, we trusted it. and um, But it stopped short of recommending that someone of, of his description who had lacked that kind of close contact uh, should quarantine at home. Uh, so, so fine. A couple of days later, however, over the, the following weekend, my son, uh, who's a pretty active kid, you know, otherwise healthy, healthy kid, uh, subsequently developed a runny nose and fatigue, um, which, uh, didn't quite match the criteria that would raise a red flag for coronavirus. But, you know, because he had been at that party, I think all of it, we were all a little bit on edge. Um, you mean you're almost, and, uh, you're almost looking for it, yeah. I guess, right? Yeah, you know, um, I should mention, uh, I didn't put this in the column, but, but my wife uh, is, a, is a pediatrician. And uh, so, you know, she 
Uh, I, I mean, I'm sure just, she's just, just as much alert as any other mother. Uh, but because um, she, she of her job, she had access to this WhatsApp group. And we were just kind of sitting around Sunday on the deck, um, kind of talking about this whole thing. And, you know, his symptoms were too mild to warrant an ER visit. But she said, let me just let me just chat the WhatsApp group and see. And, um, you know, I, I was curious as well. I, I thought it sounded like a good idea. And we just kind of thought that we were going to get an informal, like, you know, don't worry about it. Just keep on doing what you're doing. Instead, the response was, was quite different. It was very serious. Well, you know, we, you know, you have to get him tested um, and you can't go to work. But you being, meaning my wife, because she, she, she didn't want to put her patients at risk, obviously. Yeah. And, uh, and I couldn't go to work. You know, they, they, they took it very seriously. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, for good reason. Um, so, so that kind of, um, you know, precipitated a whole other chapter where we then, you know, proceeded to try to get him tested. Uh, and, um, you know, the, the testing, you know, after some initial confusion where, where that would take place, uh, Tuesday afternoon, we wound up, or Tuesday late morning, we wound up taking him for a drive-through test, uh, that we got, you know, through, through my wife's uh, health system that, that she works for. And, um, you know, we, we were advised to report there and it was kind of like a little bit secretive, like, okay, get, get to the location before one o'clock, text the nurse, you know, they'll tell you where to go. You know, <laughs> so we got there, we, we did as we were told. And, uh, you know, we, we, uh, initially thought that we were supposed to wait outside the car. Then we confirmed that we're supposed to wait inside the car. We, we pulled up next to like double doors to the medical building. And, uh, a few minutes later, uh, out walks a physician, you know, who is in full, um, surgical attire, you know, full contact precautions. Um, we were told to, that my son should sit in the back seat with the window rolled down, which he, he was. And, uh, the, the doctor reached through the window and, and swabbed him for, uh, you know, first for strep in the throat and then, uh, for the flu and then finally for, for COVID-19. And, uh, well, all I can say is my, my son is a really good sport because he, he sat through all that, uh, like a real trooper. Yeah. That's actually one of my next questions. You know, you know, you've talked about how you and your wife responded to this. Um, how, what was his initial reaction? I mean, you know, he's, he's an active kid. He's up, he's around, he likes playing with his friends when something like this happens and, you know, you have to go to him and say, you know what, here's what we're going to need to do. How, how did he respond? Um, how did you as a parent, you know, handle that task of communicating with him? Well, um, you know, he's, um, a pretty mature 12 years old. Um, you know, I think he, uh, also saw the gravity of the situation in his own way. His, his friend who was actually the host of the party, um, you know, because he was the host, he had to, he was in full quarantine. At his house, and uh, happens to be that he's our neighbor and, and my son's good friend. So, you know, he had been in contact, you know, with with that friend by phone, uh, and you know, kind of uh, over the over the neighborhood fence, that kind of thing. Um, and and sort of, you know, I think came to appreciate it, you know, in his own way. Like, oh, I, you know, this is real. You know, I, my, yeah. my my friend is in quarantine, and and we can't hang out and, and play ball or whatever. And, um, you know, also my wife being a doctor, he, he's pretty, you know, he, he picks up on that, I think through osmosis that, you know, these things are serious and needs to be treated, you know, with all the seriousness that they deserve. And so he, uh, you know, he's quiet about it. He's kind of, 
kind of a stoic type of kid, but he, uh, he dealt with, I was very proud of him the way he dealt with it. You know, he, after he was tested, you know, we needed to wait in kind of a state of quarantine, semi quarantine, uh, where he couldn't leave the house. He couldn't have any friends over. Um, and, uh, and we kept to that. Um, and you know, I, I, I stayed home from work. My wife stayed home from work and, uh, you know, cause so, so we were kind of like put into an early quarantine We kind of get a, got a head start on what everybody else is dealing with now. So in a way, you know, we kind of, you, you, you took the good out of it that, you know, it, it uh, it uh, got us ready for, for what was to come. Um, while waiting for the results, I mean, I know that it was, I know that, you know, from our conversations, you said, well, it's going to come today. No, it's going to come tomorrow. No, you know, the, the, the lack of knowing in a way, was that the, is that sort of the hardest thing about what we're going through right now that, you know, no matter what anyone gives as an answer, it's almost impossible that that answer is going to be, you know, 100% an actual answer as opposed to kind of an estimate or a guess or something like that. That is the hardest part. I, I would agree with that. Um, you know, the, the, the way that the, the health authorities say is the best way to deal with the pandemic is not to keep the healthy people at home, but to keep the ill people from going out in public. And the way you do that is through rapid testing, rapid diagnostic, diagnostics and identification of those who are, um, are infected and then quarantining them and then, you know, getting in touch with everybody they've, they've been in contact with um, and doing that all very quickly. But because we don't have um, the testing capacity ramped up yet, um, you know, in this country, both from just a numbers and availability perspective, as well as a turnaround time perspective, uh, we just kind of are taking a more of a blanket quarantining approach, um, uh, which is which is fine, but it's kind of... I, it seems like more of a blunt instrument until we get the testing, um, you know, going uh, in, in, in earnest. Um, and, uh, you know, it can't work in, unless everybody really abides by it. You know, so if there's pockets of, of resistance, which I know in, in, in some cases, uh, in, in our community, in some cases, others, um, then uh, it's, it's not going to work. So hopefully everybody gets the message and, and does what, what, what we're supposed to do. Um, and um, but, but the uncertainty was difficult. Sorry to get back to kind of a long-winded way to answer your question, but, uh, you know, we were initially told um, 72 hours, but we'll try for 48. And, uh, you know, to make a long story short, you know, we had to wait um, until uh, this past Sunday night uh, to, to get the result. Um, and, you know, during that time, um, it was, uh, you know, a range of emotions. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the... Yeah, what, what's interesting is, you know, from what you've said, the range of emotions were felt really most keenly by you and your wife as opposed to your son. I mean, that, you know, that speaks volumes about him as a trooper, but it also speaks to the whole, you know, handling this as a parent versus handling this as, you know, somebody who's a little bit younger or, you know, maybe a parent with children that are already grown up. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a very different set of emotions that go through your you know, emotions and thoughts that go through your head as a parent than as a, you know, as somebody that is not a parent. Right. You know, I can't say that, you know, he appreciated how the, you know, protracted testing process, you know, was continuing to hamstring the, the country's ability to, to, to deal with this public health disaster that we're undergoing um, as, as much as my wife and I did. Um, you know, he just kind of probably 
you know, dealt with the immediate impact of it, which was, was that his life was impacted by not being able to go out of the house and, and, and socialize, you know, with his friends, uh, as he usually likes to do. Um, and I kind of felt bad for him because once he, you know, once we got the results Sunday night, which I should mention were, were negative, you know, thank, thank God he, uh, he tested negative for the COVID-19 virus as well as, uh, flu or strep. Um, so it must've just been a simple cold that he had, uh, last week. Um, but, um, he, uh, you know, had to immediately go into another quarantine because as we know, by, by this past Monday morning, you know, schools were closed, uh, places of worship were closed. Many stores had switched to online mode. Restaurants were takeout only. And, you know, the governor uh, was about to enact the 8, 8 p.m. curfew that we, were, we now found ourselves under. So um, he kind of exchanged one quarantine for another. Yeah, he lost that week that we had and, you know, kind of wandered around blissfully unaware. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, you know, the you know, this is something you cover beautifully in the column of yours that went up today. But um, what in your mind, you know, given your experience, what were what were your immediate personal learnings? I mean, you know, certainly one can look at this in a grander sense and say, OK, here's how society and at large is handling this. You know, from the microcosm of your family, what are what are your some big some of your biggest takeaways from the experience that you had over the last uh, 10, 14 days? Yeah, it's a great question, and um, I have had a lot of time to reflect at different junctures. The first one, obviously, was you know when um, we were um, looking at a, a possible if, if the if the results had been positive, then we would have entered into a, a new two week quarantine period. Um, you know, which which maybe that's moot now as as, as we're all you know in, in a quarantine state, but. I think it would have been a little bit more severe, like we wouldn't have been able to, to leave the house at all, um, and so on and so forth. But, um, you know, the first, the first, you know, sort of juncture where I was reflecting was, okay, you know, we need to get speed, uh, you know, on, on track, you know, in terms of testing uh, results. And, you know, why don't we have overnight results? I think one thing that, that we were wondering aloud is, like, how come all these NBA basketball players are, um, you know, getting the results, like, you know, within a matter of hours. Yeah, right. <laughs> we're still, you know, waiting interminably as for, as for what a team, uh, as a team for, for results for our son. Uh, and my wife is, you know, a healthcare worker. So um, that that was kind of left us scratching our heads. Um, and, and again, unless we shrink the time it takes to identify the cases and rapidly isolate those affected and do the track and tracing um, of whom they come into contact, this, this pandemic can get, get out of hand further uh, really fast. Um, and, uh, you know, why don't we have the scale? Why aren't we ramping up like, like Italy or South Korea? You know, those are, those are questions that, that we were discussing, you know, as, as we all read the news, you know, you know, you and I are, are sitting, you know, um, at our desks and, and, uh, and, and seeing the news flow, you know, coming, coming globally, uh, from all these other epicenters uh, of the virus um, and how they're grappling with it. But, you know, the, the testing just seemed to be a lot more available and a lot quicker. So, um, and, uh, you know, social distancing, um, you know, again, as, as I mentioned earlier, um, you know, with the quarantine rules slowly taking effect, uh, the thought was, that I had was that like, come on, we really need to abide by the, by these for, for the strategy to, to work. Um, then, you know, after he tested negative, um, 
this past Sunday, my, my thoughts shifted a little bit in terms of, uh, and my wife's as well, to more like, you know, okay, this is a crisis. We're all in this together. What, what can we learn from this? Uh, and, uh, yeah, on the, on the one hand, obviously, uh, our lives are, are impacted. We, we can't go, go to work. And, um, you know, you and I often talk about how, you know, sometimes some of the sanest conversations we have are in the office. Yes. It's nice to get, get away and have some adult conversations now and then. Um, not only that, but we're, you know, you and I, um, are having to not only be productive and, and keep up the output in our day jobs, but also supervise our kids and their, their distance learning now is at their home, um, and doing teleconferencing and, and whatnot, using some of the same tools that, that we use day in and day out. So, um, you know, it's, it's been an adjustment, but, um, I, my thinking now is that, uh, is how, how can we, how can we come out of this, um, a, a closer, closer as a family. Um, how can we use this experience to strengthen our faith uh, and um, and just um, you know turn our homes, make our homes more of, of the places that that perhaps um, we, we neglected a bit um, by having more of an outwardly facing life before this took place. Um, you know, our, our homes need to now become you know, the, the center of our lives. Um, and uh, we we're, we find ourselves paying a lot more attention to what we're doing, you know, hour by hour, you know, sometimes minute by minute, you know, what, what kind of content we're consuming, what kind of content we're allowing into the house, you know, what, what we're allowing our kids to, to do with, with their, with their time. Um, so, um, and obviously we're, you know, keeping to, to the, to the hygienic practices that the CDC is, is recommending, um, as well. So that's obviously, you know, changed our, our behavior as well. Um, making sure we, we keep closer tabs on our, on our kids and, uh, um, not that we didn't keep close tabs on them before. Yeah, but, right. you know, they, <laughs> they weren't ra- They weren't certainly. wilding in the streets, you know? <laughs> yeah. Wandering the streets, uh, after 8 PM. Um, no, but just, um, you know, just, uh, and then just being appreciative of our health and, uh, and, and hugging our kids and, and not being afraid to, to communicate with them and, and talk to them and, and uh, you know, not, not keep our feelings uh, inside, really try to share them. And, and, you know, a lot of people are going, we're all going through a similar experience and um, in order to maintain our, our mental health and, and outlook, uh, we got, we got to talk about this together and uh, we'll, we'll get through it. Um, Cue the kumbaya music now. Yeah, <laughs> uh, shoot, I should have brought a guitar to this. Um, the the you know what what you said there about you know communication and the importance of doing it and the importance of doing it in a very overt way. I, I agree with you a hundred percent. In in your house, it was almost like you know you almost had a crash course. You know, I assume you had to explain to your other children what was going on and everything else. What what are some tips that you'd give to other parents? Um, I'm feeling that pretty much every household on the planet is going to be touched by this sooner or later. How, how do you communicate what's going on with coronavirus in a way that's responsible, in a way that doesn't, you know, terrify a child that, you know, what does the child know? They go to school, they play with their friends, they hang out with their parents, yeah. right? Yeah, right, right. Well, I, you know, I heard um, some advice a number of years ago um, that I think is really, uh, might be relevant in this case as well. Um, and that was, you know, when a, when a child is afraid of something, don't belittle those feelings. You know, those are real feelings. You know, acknowledge it. You know, like if, if the child hears a siren outside, don't say, oh, that's nothing, you know. Uh, no, it's, it's, 
you know, somebody's somebody's ill. It's an ambulance going by. Mm-hmm. They're going to the hospital. You know, we should we should pray that you know that that they that they come through this uh, okay and that they have a complete recovery. Um, and I think um, you know, obviously, you talk to a kid um, on on their on a level that's appropriate for them. Every parent knows knows how best to, to, to do that to talk to their kids. Um, but um, uh, you know, and, and on the flip side, you don't want the, you don't want kids to know too much. You yes, know? I've heard you know equally good advice that you know kids shouldn't have to worry about um, you know global crises and uh, you know plummeting stock markets and and you know crumbling economies and you know they they should you know their their biggest their biggest fear should be or, or their biggest doubt should be you know what flavor of ice cream am I going to have you know for dessert you know. And so there's definitely a balance somewhere in there. And if any parent, you know, is able to find it, please let me know. But, you know, that's just kind of the delicate balance that we try to try to maintain. Obviously, one of us being in healthcare, you know, they, they see the other side of it, too. Uh, so they know that there's real people out there on the front lines. And, and we owe, you know, um, as I think President Obama tweeted, you know, we, we owe our healthcare workers uh, who are who are who are doing the work here, putting their lives at risk in some cases, a huge debt of gratitude for what they're doing. You know, to to help bring us out of this, um, and it's through their their selfless dedication and, and training and everything else that that, that we'll get through this. Uh, but I'll I'll just end my response to that question with a, a, a letter that I received from um, someone who who shared that he was a fellow dad. Um, in the the Minneapolis region. Um, and it was a wonderful letter kind of expressing, um, you know, his, uh, his thoughts and prayers, uh, for, for our family. Um, uh, and, uh, which I really appreciated. And, you know, he, 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 he said in the, in the letter that, uh, the coronavirus is a quote unquote surreal experience, but we're overcoming it with, we're overcoming the fear with faith and wisdom. And I thought that was a nice way, a beautiful way to sum it up. And that, that's, you know, I would defer to to this this wonderful dad in Minneapolis, who who copied, by the way, his his four kids. One of them who's in the National Guard, one of them who's in college, couple in high school, uh, on on the on the email, um, as, as saying, "Hey guys, you know, we'll, we'll get through this, and uh, keep your chin up." Here, here's a fellow dad who who's sharing his experience, and um, and uh, so so yeah. Yeah, that that note of graciousness is something which. Hopefully, uh, more people are going to sound, um, you know, um, my, personally, you know, I, you, you go back and forth, you know, I mean, there's concern, you know, certainly after, you know, you told us what was going on with your family, but there's also anger, you know, um, you know, the way this was almost denied by certain parties over the course of the last couple of months, you know, we're at this point right now because actions were taken or actions weren't taken. Um, did, did you ever... At any point, did this feel any of that anger, or was it more just, you know, people consuming too much media like me? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think early on, I had some suspicions that, um, you know, some of the reporting was a little bit aggressive, and um, I, I don't think I'm, I'm not one to feel like finger pointing is going to get us to where we need to be. You know, I do feel like journalists need to hold power to account. I, I certainly agree with that, hundred percent. Um, but I like what uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci, uh, you know, the uh, um, top health official um, said about, uh, you know, who's advised, you know, six presidents said, said you know, the other day that uh, this, this was, 
this was nobody's fault. This was a, a technical glitch. Um, you know, I, I'd like to, I'd like to believe that, you know, it, it was a problem that didn't come down to one person, you know, one administration or, you know, somebody dropping the ball per se, but yeah. just, um, a, uh, you know, a situation that, that nobody, you know, predicted or very few people predicted, um, and a perfect storm. Uh, and let's concentrate our efforts on, on finding a way out of it. Amen. And that's actually a very lovely note for us to end on. You know, thank you so much. I mean, you know, we have conversations just about every day about a range of things, but, um, you know, hearing you talk so you know calmly and so, you know, wisely about this experience you went through, it's, uh, it's a, it's a big, uh, solace for all of us. I can speak for people in our office and, you know, people outside it as well. You are the best, my friend. You too, man. Thank okay. you, Larry. All right. It's great to, to talk to you as well. All right. For the MMM podcast, this is Larry Dobrow and Mark Iskowitz. Um, we'll be back with you soon. Thanks so much for listening. Take care, everybody.